We are back in Brazil. Welcome to a dying podcast. As always, I'm Nils. And for frequent listeners, you know I've been here before. <laughs> so in a previous episode, I basically did a field report from my work with um, the Brazilian shaman Ruda Yande here in the jungles of Brazil. And that was at the time of this recording nine months ago. And now I'm back with another field report. So I'm back here to keep doing the work and um, the setup will be more or less the same. I'll just reporting what I do uh, um, as live as possible, sort of, and what I experience as honestly as possible to give you guys an idea of what it is to do this kind of work, which is a combination of different types of shamanic work. Uh, most likely there will be plant medicine, towards the end of this journey, but not yet. Uh, so far we're working with meditation, a bit of yoga this time, uh, breath work and, um, and just conversation. So uh, I'm here with my wife Fabiana this time. So that's a bit different as well. I won't be reporting about her journey because that's her, her journey and it's up to her if she wants to, to talk about that. So I'll just speak about my own journey and experience here in the jungle. So, so far we've started off slowly and uh, yesterday was the first day of work and beyond the, the yoga that we do every morning, um, the work yesterday for me focused on frustration. So some background here, last time I was here, I, I found ways and was taught methods to get in touch with some of the emotional aspects of myself that I haven't fully been in touch with for most part of my life. For instance, aggression was a big one last time. And this time coming here, I didn't really know fully what my intention would be. Um, I've said it as both to heal physically, because I have, I have some sort of digestive problem with my stomach and been having that off and on for quite some time. Uh, and I also am here to learn more about shamanic work and shamanic practices uh, so I can develop my own shamanic work. Um, yeah, and that's sort of the main thing, I guess. So yesterday we worked on frustration and I'll just share what we did. So I worked with Ruda and the first thing we did was to do uh, breath work meditation. So his guess is that my uh, digestive problem, the problems I have with my stomach could potentially be connected to frustration that I hold and, and, and don't sort of know what to do with, don't release, don't fully process uh, in my own body. So uh, the first breathwork meditation, I was lying on my back and um, instructed to breathe just like breathe deeply um, and started with basically we went through three areas of, of uh, where frustration can become tension. Uh, so it was the throat to begin with, then was the stomach and then basically the anus. So the first practice was to breathe deeply. And whenever I inhaled and took a breath in, I, I sort of, made a con conscious struggle and and activated my entire throat so it sounded some something like <gasps> that kind of inhale and then on the exhale I just released that tension so creating tension in my throat on the inhale and then release and then did that for quite some time I don't know exactly how long after a while, we switched to the stomach, did the same thing. So I put tension to my stomach uh, on the inhale and then release on the exhale. Kept doing that for quite some time. And then the, the, the perineum and the anus did the same thing. So created tension on the inhale and released for the exhale. And since this was breath work, uh, for those of you who have tried breath work, it can become very intense. It can become sort of like a psychedelic experience. And after a while, so my body got cold, which is very common. Um, I felt my arms getting very heavy. And after a while I started getting visions and I realized that, that my, I got in touch with 
the spirit animal of the snake. So my entire intestines, like the bowels, uh, the colon, all of, of those things uh, that I have in my stomach became a snake, basically, that stretched from basically the, the, the anus and the perineum through all of the bowels and up through my throat. So the head sort of rested where my head is. So that entire thing was a snake and it was dark and it was not feeling well. And the longer we did this practice, it started to slowly from the bottom up turn golden. And as it did, I sort of started hissing and, and releasing um, what felt like venom or poison. Uh, so slowly, 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 the entire snake turned golden from, from the bottom up and with it sort of released um, uh, a lot of sort of dark energy or bad stuff. I can't, I can't describe it in any more specific detail than that until they, they, my entire inside was this golden snake. And then the hissing became sort of lighter. There was no, no gunk left to get rid of. So towards the end of it, when the head of the snake was also golden, uh, the hissing felt light. And it somehow felt as if, you know, this was a way for me to release frustration and, and like an insight for me to, to bring with me into my daily life where frustration arise um, to see, see it for what it is and also to release it. So that was the first part of the exercise. And then after that, I was in a very lucid state after that um, because of the breath work. That's very common. Um, after that, I wrote down, I was asked to write down things that makes me frustrated in life. So it was fairly easy. A lot of stuff came up. Um, in total, I had 19 things that make me frustrated. And, and with my own mind, you know, always looking for patterns, I started to categorize them into different categories and then look for patterns, like what is it that makes me frustrated? Uh, so most of it was me being frustrated with myself uh, and sort of the life I create for myself. That was definitely like the, the bigger chunk of this it was a little bit of me being frustrated with, with other individuals in certain contexts and a little bit of me being frustrated with existence and sort of the life and death circle uh, as a whole. But that was interesting. It was, it was a simple exercise, but very revealing. It also allowed me to see that I do have a lot of this frustration because one of my challenges is that um, these days when I've done so much deep work, my knee-jerk reaction or automatic reaction when something frustrates me in life is to just tap into sort of the enlightened state uh, where it's very easy to see that, you know, nothing is good or bad. Everything is exactly as it should be. And then the frustration sort of evaporates. Um, but that's just on that level of consciousness that it evaporates in the, in the level where I'm Nils and I'm this human being, it's still there. Uh, so I obviously need more ways to sort of deal with that frustration. But that exercise was, was, um, was good and helpful and a release in itself. And then from there, uh, Ruda made the point, which is a really valid point, uh, really spoke to me that you could look at your inner self, your, your, you know, your mind, your soul, whatever you want to describe it, your thoughts as, as many different characters. So I have many different Nilses within me. Uh, that have all of these different roles. Uh, you know, there's one Nils who is the son of my parents. There's one Nils who's the, the creator. There's one Nils who is the leader and so on and so forth. Um, and, and all of these characters, you know, they have their, their certain wants and needs and they often oppose each other. And that's where frustration starts. So at any given point, some of these characters will always be frustrated. And when they're not frustrated, then the other characters are frustrated. So based on the 19 frustrations that I identified, Ruta asked me to, to identify these characters. Who are the characters having these frustrations? What different Nilses are there? Uh, that was also surprisingly easy to, to list. So I found 10 different 
versions of myself, 10 different Nilses uh, behind these frustrations. So I won't go through them all, but the ones I mentioned, Nils the son, Nils the lover and friend, Nils the creator, Nils the leader, uh, Nils the, the success story, quote unquote, uh, Nils the enlightened person, <laughs> Nils the artist, um, etc., etc. Um, so I found 10 of them. And um, um, then Bruda pointed out that there is also an 11th, and that is the Nils that is trying to help all of these characters, uh, you know, get content and, and please them. So that's Nils the helper, um, which is a problematic one because he's always frustrated because there's always someone who's frustrated, right? <laughs> Uh, and then from there, uh, I was asked to draw these characters as images or pictures instead of just words, and then as a symbol. So one symbol for each character, each Nils. And then um, I put them all in a circle. So I drew, I drew them all in a circle as a mandala, and then I started drawing lines between them, lines of frustration, like, you know, um, the ones that are opposed so if, if Nils, the, the free and laid back Nils, for instance, uh, he, is, he is in opposition with Nils, the creator, or Nils, the leader, because that's Nils that's doing stuff, while the free and laid back Nils just wants to react, uh, relax and, and sit back, which is actually, that Nils, the, the laid back one, is an important one for me, because my motivation is, is, is um, to avoid things rather than to... Uh, achieve or reach certain things. This is very different for different people. Um, but for me, it's to avoid. So I want to avoid, uh, you know, stuff that I don't like. That's my primary driver in life, it seems. Um, but these uh, Nilses then are, are very much opposed. So I drew lines from from the free and laid back Nils to Nils the creator, Nils the leader, Nils the success story, etc., etc. And then what emerged was that. Uh, you know, certain Nilses had more lines to it and than others. So those Nilses, they, they have more of these sort of, you know, um, they get frustrated more often because they have an opposing Nils that will frustrate them and them in themselves will frustrate that opposing Nils. Uh, so that in itself, it, you know, it became a mess of these lines of frustration, which really made it clear for me that you can never avoid frustration. It's about accepting it and understanding it for what it is and understanding that one part of me will always be frustrated when another part is not. So I could choose to either, you know, try to please everybody all the time, but that will, won't lead me anywhere. So Nils the helper has to, has to die, definitely. And before leaving the mandala um, exercise, I actually managed to also categorize these Nilses into three different teams. Uh, so one I called Team Do, <laughs> and one Team B, and then one I called Team Heal. But Team Do and Team B are the most opposing ones. So Team Do is 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 Nils uh, the the creator, Nils the leader, etc. And Team B is is um, uh, Nils who's is free and laid back. Nils who's who is all about enlightenment and consciousness. Nils who's all about um, relationships and love, family, friends, etc. So I realized that I always have these two opposing teams. And then for me personally, I what I'm going to try out is to just notice in whichever situation I am, like which team sort of has the ball right now, understanding that both teams can't have the ball at the same time. So I'll allow the team who has the ball to just have the ball and the other team will be frustrated because they don't have the ball right now, but that will be okay. They'll get the ball at, the, at a later stage. So that just as a visualization of it became very powerful and helpful for me. And then the last part of this exercise was to uh, sit in front of a fire and meditate and look into the fire and then one by one let one of these characters one of these nilses step into the fire and just burn um as sort of an ending point a closure so I let all of the 11 nilses burn in a in a fire-based meditation at the end of it um was all really nice and and really helpful it made me find a very simple approach to frustration understanding that the frustration as well as 
anger, aggression, and anxiety, you know, you can't really avoid them in life. There's no human emotions that you're supposed to be avoiding. Actually, you're supposed to feel them all, but you can understand what these three particular emotions, what role they play. And they all, they all act as fuel for, for, for your own progress, for evolution at large, for everything that is happening is in, in, um, in your environment, in your life, in existence, uh, in this dimension where you have duality is really fueled by anxiety, anger, and frustration, because that will get you up and go. And that will lead you, give you this drive to actually change things. So it's, it's something that is, is definitely needed for um, the dualistic experience of existence that we're in. Yeah. So that was the first part of, of um, uh, the work we're currently doing in Brazil. And uh, I will get back to you with another update once the work continues. Over now. Welcome back to uh, a new day here in Brazil. So I'll just continue this little field report. Uh, we know that tonight we're going to do the ayahuasca plant medicine ceremony so it will be interesting to report back to you guys after that uh, but leading up until that uh, the work and the preparations continue so what i did yesterday was um, working with crystals which is interesting because it's something i don't have a lot of experience with um, uh, i have had experiences uh, with crystals very powerful ones previously. Um, so based on my own experience, I know there is something there, but I'm not very knowledgeable in terms of the science behind it or the spiritual practices behind it or anything like that. And also in my upbringing, um, you know, using crystals as sort of power sources or, or energetic tools uh, would have sounded a lot like mumbo jumbo to a younger Nils. <laughs> uh, and it very well might do to uh, a lot of you as well. But I'll, uh, I'll just go through what I experienced. So basically me and Ruda uh, went to uh, get some crystals. Um, I got to pick six different crystals of different sorts. Um, I don't know all their names because I'm not, uh, not an expert. Um, sorry for any background noise from the, you know, the environment here. Um, but a bunch of them were different types of quartz. So like white quartz, blue quartz, green quartz, and so on. And then a few others. And then after we, we had those, what we did, or what I did, was basically meditating with the crystals and on the crystals. So it was a guided meditation that Ruda held. Uh, we were outside, we did one crystal at a time, where I basically held the crystal, some of the crystals I connected to the ground, so I was holding the crystal towards the ground, and then basically meditating on it. Uh, in a way, visualizing myself going into the crystal, merging with the crystal, um, studying it, listening to it, you know, hearing did it have a particular sound, where in the body was connected, um, what role does this crystal play and connected to different parts of my body. And what I ended up with was basically a map of my body connected to these six different crystals. And I noticed I have a very, you know, I have a very skeptical brain. So in the first meditation, I was more skeptical towards it, even though I do trust in these things now and I've had powerful experiences, as I mentioned, but it was very subtle. So in the first meditation with the first crystal, I did get like notions and images around where in the body it sat, what the sound it made, what sort of role it plays, how it can be used, but I wasn't sure of it. It was just like, is this just something I'm making up? Is this just a thought that I'm placing in my own mind? Or is this something that's coming from somewhere else? Um, how is that entire thing connected? But after doing the meditation with a few crystals, I think on the third one, it was clear that it was, it was following a pattern. So I did get uh, subtle, but yet clear notions for each crystal um, 
following the same pattern. So they each had a specific smell or scent that was different. Uh, they, I could connect the, um, a specific sound to each of them and they were also different. It was very clear that they were sort of connected into different parts of my body because I felt, you know, contractions or energy or something in different parts of my body when I sort of focused on that question, where does this crystal belong? And yeah, it just became very clear. So towards the, the end, on the fifth and sixth crystal, I didn't even have to go into the meditation before I sort of knew what it was going to tell me. But I did it anyway, of course, and it was really, really clear. So it's hard to, to do this in a podcast and sort of, I can't show you the crystals, but um, the six ones that for me I have, and I don't know the names of the crystals either, but um, I have one, which is... A, white quartz in my case so i know that that's uh, connected to very much connected to earth and my intention and it sits at the back of, back of my neck and this is sort of my the crystal that i will use in ceremony in working with myself and others when setting intentions for the work so that's very clear um the second one um it's a blue one, which was extremely activated in my forehead. So I felt a tension across my entire forehead when holding this crystal. Uh, and, and it became clear to me that this is about creating a sort of a calm space where I can see things very clearly and insights are very clear to me because I do have issues with my brain bombarding itself with thoughts and ideas constantly and, and sometimes overwhelming itself with sort of energy and the sense that I need to get going and do stuff and make all of these ideas come to life. Um, so this is a crystal I will use in terms of finding clarity and insight. The third one connected to my stomach, my belly, and it's about healing life and creation. And this was really interesting because the first two, when I sort of visualized myself stepping into them, I was inside a crystal. That was really the, the experience. But this one became a forest, almost like a mountain that was both regular mountain, but also inverted, sort of going straight into my belly, filled with green trees and moss and rocks and um, what have you. So this is uh, the one I will use for myself for, and others for, for healing and connecting to just that deep life source and the source of, of creation. Um, the fourth one was interesting because it's, it's a dark, kind of dark little one. It uh, looked like a small frog almost. And it, it, when I held it, it turned, it, it was sort of connected to the previous one, the third one, the forest, but it was sitting higher up. So almost in the solar plexus as a cave, almost like a hole that went straight in to the solar plexus. And it's all about wisdom. So it was sort of the rock looked like a one-eyed frog in a weird kind of way. So it had one eye open and then it lacked the other eye. And to me, the, the insight that came was this is, this is wisdom because it has one eye open to the truth, the, the one and only truth, the core of existence, the, you know, the I am that I've been speaking about in, in episodes about enlightenment. And it has one eye closed, with, which represent uh, the experience we're currently having as human beings. You know, when we're in this dualistic um, layer of existence where we're, ba we're basically in a dream state constantly. So we were not aware of the one and only truth. But both of these, the open eye and the closed eye, are equally important. Uh, and are equally connected to wisdom. So, uh, yeah, it's about uh, connecting to that deeper wisdom of source. And it, for me, it sits in my solar plexus. Um, and then the fifth one uh, is a rose quartz for me. And this is, uh, this, is, this is basically the heart chakra, the entire chest lit up as a star in a golden light. Uh, and this was interesting because in each meditation I was asked to breathe in the energy of the crystal and breathe out my own energy into the crystal. And with the rose quartz, those energies were exactly the same. So I, I, um, the, I inhaled and exhaled the same energy. Basically, um, the insight was that this crystal shares, I share the exact energy as this um, crystal. And, and that has been showing up for me over the past couple of weeks in a, in a, 
in numerous ways, both working with other shamans and then just moments in life that I, I was actually handed a rose, a rose quartz crystal um, encapsuled in sort of this um, metal, sort of a, um, a, a thin, thin, thin golden rod uh, around it a couple of weeks back. So for me personally, this is sort of my, my, this is my love. This is my truth. Um, and this is sort of a, a golden light that I am personally all about. And then the sixth one uh, is an earthy kind of rock-like crystal. And this activated my hands and my mouth. And in the core of it, when I sort of went into the crystal in meditation, there was a guitar string, like a guitar string from an acoustic guitar, just vibrating. And, and it was clear to me that this is the embodiment or the manifestation of creativity. So I use my hands and my mouth to create and to manifest things that come from deep within myself. As I'm doing right now, speaking into this microphone, I'm using my, my hands and then I use uh, my, my voice, sorry. And then I use my hands in all the other types of creative work I'm, I'm doing, expressing sort of my inner source of curiosity and wisdom and you know, fear and emotions and all of these things that I have uh, within me. But it's a vibration, uh, that's sort of what it was. So uh, today we'll continue working with these crystals. I believe we're, I'm gonna create some sort of mandala out of it, which will be interesting. And for me, this has been a very interesting experience because I haven't really, yeah, crystals is a field sort of on the far end for me. Um, I've, done, I've tried so many things now that of course I need to go into that realm as well. And now I'm doing that. And some of you might be much more experienced in that field. So feel free to reach out with, you know, suggestions on where one could learn more because it's an interesting field uh, working with these sort of energy sources as they are. Also knowing that I'm a noob in this field. So probably saying stuff that doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, but I have promised to be fully open, honest and transparent with my experiences. And this is what I'm experiencing. So there you have it. Uh, all right, folks, I think that's it for this recording. And I promise to come back soon with the next step of this um, inner work that we're doing in Brazil. Over now. Welcome back. So it's the day after ceremony evening. And yesterday, um, a lot of things happened and I'll try to see how much I can remember and summarize it and share as openly as I can about what the experience was for me. Um, yeah, so first off, before we went into a plant medicine ceremony, um, me and Ruda continued the work with the crystals, um, which basically, uh, was built around me using these six crystals to build a mandala, basically place them in a certain pattern uh, on the floor around myself. And then, um, well, I did a, a bunch of exercises with them, but um, in placing them on the floor around me as a mandala and then lying down on my back with five of the crystals around me in a certain pattern that I sort of decided on myself uh, that made sense. And then um, uh, one crystal, the rose quartz crystal on my chest, on my heart, because that's my heart crystal. Um, and then I basically did a meditation um, from that position where I uh, moved my focus from crystal to crystal um, and after having connected with one, I went to the next one, but without losing the connection to the first one, if that makes sense. So I basically just like tried to connect with them uh, using my, my inner vision. Um, I guess to some degree you're using imagination for this to happen, but it, it really happens. So what happened, I, I won't go through like all the steps of this, but and what I ended up with was a, a pattern, almost like a, felt like uh, both kind of like an armor around my body, but also like um, um, a system of information and energy flowing between different parts of my body where different crystals are situated that represent different aspects of myself. So in the solar plexus, I have this black sort of cave um, 
uh, with um, the crystal connected to that, which is all about wisdom. So that's the source, source of wisdom. That's where everything is from. And then from there, it's directly connected down to my stomach. That's where I have the, this green kind of forest, which is about healing life and, and the source of creation. So from source comes life, creation and healing uh, as an energy flow, I guess you could describe it as, down into my stomach. Um, the other way from, from the source in the solar plexus up towards the chest and the heart, there's the um, this sort of light, bright gold light shining, uh, which represents love, basically, my love. And it's the core, it's truly the core of who I am and what I, yeah, what I am. Um, so that's sort of on, on, on the front. Uh, and then you could go either from the, the forest in the belly uh, or the, the love in the uh, chest, back to the spine and upwards until you reach the back of the neck. And that's where I have this clear crystal, which is my intention and also the connection to earth, to mother earth. So basically anything that's flowing um, from within source goes through either the love uh, sort of filter in the chest or the healing creative source filter in the stomach, then up the spine through the intention filter and then up over and around the head until it reaches the forehead, which is where insights and ideas uh, rely. So that's where I, I find all my ideas, of course, in my, in my brain. And it's, it's a very blue area. Um, so whenever insights come from, from source, so to speak, from within myself, it moves through those filters to make sure that, you know, my ideas are connected both to my intention, my love, and and the creative force of, of life at the core of, of things. Uh, it's a good way for me to actually filter my own thoughts and ideas um, uh, through these uh, filters. And it works the other way around too. If, if there is an insight residing in my head, I can bring it back down through my intention to make sure it's really connected to my core intentions. Uh, and then um, down again, the same path, through the filter of love, like it's, is this coming from a place of true love? And then through the place of, of uh, healing and, and creative force of life and sort of connecting it back to source and solar plexus to like make sure, make sure that my thoughts, my, my insights are true to me and, and sort of pure. And so this is the core, the core um, system. And then from this system, an insight must pass through the filter of intention, but then also through the chest area uh, to reach um, either the throat and the mouth or out into my arms, into my hands. And in my hands and in my mouth is where I manifest things, right? With words, with what I create. So everything that I create, when things flow as they should, must go through these filters. So I stay true to my intention, uh, to the love that's the, the sort of light in my chest that's guiding everything uh, I do and to source um, in all my actions, um, whether it's a big project, whether it's a word I say to someone in just a given moment. Uh, so that is my practice to, to keep working with these crystals because I'm obviously very connected to them, which is uh, a surprise for me. I didn't think that would be the case. Uh, but it seems to be the case. So that's an interesting turn of events in this shamanistic journey uh, that I will have to explore and go deeper into. Uh, but this is a practice that I can use. I'm going to use it every week, basically, to align myself uh, and make sure that this, this sort of system within me or this armor from me towards everything that's going around, uh, going on around me in the world stays intact and solid and pure and true. All right, so that was a fairly long, <laughs> fairly long um, uh, description of this uh, crystal meditation that I did yesterday. But then I brought the crystals with me into the, the plant medicine work. So it was four of us in the room, Ruda, his partner, and Denise, and then myself and Fabiana, who did this ceremony together, and, and we drank ayahuasca which is 
plant medicine or the active the psychoactive compound is DMT. And if you haven't listened, uh, if you haven't listened to previous episodes of me talking about this and my experiences with ayahuasca, um, I want to make sure that it's fully clear and pointed out that I'm doing this here in Brazil as a spiritual practice, which means it is fully legal. Just so you know that <laughs> for any concerned minds out there. And this is my fourth time doing work with ayahuasca. And it was profound, as it always seems to be, at least in my experience. And um, I'll try to describe the journey as best as I can, based on what I remember. It went on for a couple of hours. We started fairly late, uh, I would say seven, eight at night, something like that. Um, we just lie down on a mattress each that are laid out in a certain pattern. There's a fire, uh, Ruda, who's, who's um, uh, shaman, was leading this most of the time, but um, also uh, Denise and myself joined in to sort of help lead the, the ceremony after a while and sort of took turns. And my experience was, well, it was, um, it was both, uh, it was very, very strong, very pure and very clear. Um, both in, in bodily sensations and reactions and in my mind, in my soul. So I started feeling the effect um, by going into a very meditative state, things sort of slowing down a bit, my, my body starting to relax. And then what happens to me uh, is that I get these sort of kundalini energy reactions where my body starts shaking in different parts and start moving in different patterns without my mind actively controlling it. It sort of just happens. Um, it feels as if I am, uh, you know, cha channeling energy through my body in different patterns. So it's like insight work, information work, whatever you want to call it. A lot of that was at the start and then throughout off and on the entire experience. Um, Yeah, and there's so many things happening. I had so many visions, uh, so many ideas and insights falling into place, and so many methods for myself to, to continue this life. So it's hard to, it's really difficult to summarize it. But I think you could say that for me, it was uh, three different categories. So first off, I set my intention, which you always do, uh, and that really guides the experience. My intention was healing because I've had some, some bodily issues. Uh, with my stomach primarily and uh, my jaw is kind of locked uh, so it's that and then it was learning I want to learn more uh, for my shamanic practice uh, yeah and that was basically it and I would say that it was it was a couple of categories of experiences one was definitely healing I could feel myself uh, my body uh, trying to heal itself and I also got insights about how to keep this healing going in terms of uh, diet for instance Um, I have to be very strict about when I eat and not eat too late at night. Um, I found a way to um, start working on my sugar addiction, which I've sort of held off for quite some time, but it's obviously time now to start doing that. Uh, it's a very, very simple thing. Uh, might not work for anyone else, but I do have a tendency to eat um, candy, especially licorice at night. And um, this insight sort of appeared in... Um, in this journey for me that, well, you know, at the end of what I tend to do is I bring out a bag of, of, of licorice and then I tend to more or less finish the whole thing <laughs> in one night. Uh, and the insight was, well, when you have that last piece of licorice in your, uh, uh, in your bag uh, and you finish that, there's just a brief moment of your body craving more and then it just surrenders and accepts that there is no more licorice, there's no, no more candy. So the insight was treat every piece you eat as the last piece and then just stop there saying this was the last piece. I'm going to try that now uh, with the next couple of weeks and see how that works. But that was a very clear um, diet uh, insight. Uh, also to eat uh, walnuts and blueberries often, more or less daily, I think. Nuts in, in any case, a lot of nuts. Um, so that came very clear. Um, yeah, and then I, I did a lot of like body work on myself to try to, to heal the parts where I have blockages in my body. So that's one part of the experience. Um, another part was connected to World of Wisdom and the World of Wisdom project. So I, I had a bunch of visions about the next steps there and how to manifest this, especially for World of Wisdom Vizpi, 
which will happen in August. If you're not familiar with World of Wisdom, I suggest you listen to episode number 63, I'm pretty sure it is, which describes this entire project, which is also the result of, of uh, deep plant medicine work earlier this year. Um, yeah, and since World of Wisdom Holla, which will be the first small-scale World of Wisdom event in Sweden uh, in April, sold out in, in 10 hours, <laughs> which is amazing, of course. The next focus for Sweden will be Visby in August, which will be a bigger World of Wisdom. So now I have a lot of visions around what to do next there. Um, I had a list of three, four people to reach out to when I get to uh, Stockholm to start doing that. And uh, when you listen to this, I've already reached out to a few of them. Uh, I also had a, a sort of a, an assignment given to me from Source or Ayashka, whatever you want to call it, about music uh, in, in different ways, I would say. So one was a specific musical project that I'll try to make happen with a friend of mine. Uh, and the other was that at one point in the ceremony, I, I asked Ayashka if there are any other particular tools that I should uh, start using in my own shamanic practice And as soon as I asked that question, my body started singing, uh, sort of a, a more singing-like chanting for quite some time. So that was a very clear message that that's obviously something I need to explore, uh, which makes total sense for me, but it's also been something that I've been very scared of for most of my life. But now it's the time to, to not be scared of that anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see what else. Um, had a bunch of people show up. Um, I went to the bathroom at one point and, and saw my reflection uh, and it turned, I saw myself first as my current self and then the face warped into an old version of me, probably in his 90s or my 90s, sort of smiling back at me. And then the face morphed once again to my friend Martin, uh, who sort of laughed and waved at me. So we sort of had a moment of laughter together uh, in that journey. Um, Yeah, and, and also a lot of shape-shifting experiences. So I shape-shifted to a, a fairly young Native American shaman for a while, who then shifted into uh, an older Eskimo or Inuit shaman in, um, you know, wearing this thick coat of this probably seal skin, while the younger Native American uh, shaman that I was for a while uh, was wearing a headpiece with feathers. But this just like fairly quick um, shape-shifting experiences. And then I turned into um, Nicodemus, my son, again, because I, I actually, in my very first Ayurashka journey, I became him and I was born as him. And that was two months prior to us getting pregnant. Uh, so this is the first time since that I, I got to be him again. So I became Nicodemus uh, lying in his bed back home in Stockholm asleep. And I experienced his dreams. So he was in this dream state, um, sort of this this um, dream state of source, which the children dream when uh, they're they're small, when they don't have enough sort of input and experiences from this dimension. So dreams haven't become yet, you know, fully based or primarily based on the dimension we currently inherit and live in most of the time. Uh, it was really beautiful. Uh, he was very at peace and and sort of resting in love. And then he woke up, or I woke up as him, and started screaming. And I could sense, I could experience how that screaming, you know, for your parents in the middle of the night when you wake up, is just love. It's just an expression of love. So whenever he screams like that, it's just an expression of, of love, uh, really. So that was strong. And then, as always, in my case, I go through, um, I didn't go through die myself, as much this time um, but I went through Fabiana dying and Nicodemus dying and going full into that pain and sorrow which I do a lot uh, it's just something that happens and it's the, the worst thing in the world it's the most excruciating pain in the world but it's also pure love uh, so there's there's a lesson in there that I obviously need to, to keep learning uh, basically on a daily basis but in doing this kind of work it takes me right to it uh, right in front of it which the first couple of times, well, the first time it happened, it was, it was the worst thing I had experienced in my life. But now it's, uh, it's becoming lighter and more beautiful. It's still painful, but it's a very, very beautiful pain and sorrow. Uh, 
for once or for a while I was an insect <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that happened in this journey I was a big sort of beetle lying on the ground and I was so almost like melting into the ground below me just like resting there um, so I was both an insect and for a while I was sort of a root of a tree just like lying on the ground resting there um, very still but full of life and then um, perhaps the most profound part of it came fairly early um, so I have a, a, an animal guide or power animal that is a leopard it's actually my primary one I've, I've come to learn over the past couple of months that is, is at the moment in my life very present at all times and, and in the journey fairly early on I became a leopard I became this leopard it's the first time that I fully embodied this leopard otherwise it's just present when I close my eyes and I see its eyes looking at, back at me when it's connected but this time I became the leopard and I was sitting up. I felt my, you know, my nose changing into a leopard's nose. I started sniffing the air like a leopard. I felt fur all over my body and like dots all over my body and the tail. <laughs> and I felt very, both very calm, but also very powerful. And I was, I was just sitting up in sort of meditation position. And I felt that I was a, a leopard god or a leopard king of sorts. It was actually a twofold experience, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell them inverted because it makes more sense, I think. So the second part of the experience was me as this huge leopard god sitting and looking down on the ground below me, and down on the ground I had my people. You know, I was the god of, of, these, uh, of these people. So tiny, 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 tiny people, like little bigger than ants, but not much, running around on the ground below me, living their lives. So, you know, making love and fighting and dying and giving birth and, you know, just living life. And I could see how they didn't understand the structure and dynamics of life. When someone died, they expressed excruciating pain and they prayed for them not to die. While I was there being this sort of a leopard god having also a heart of, of love, which was this rose crystal. So I had a rose crystal in my chest, which was my heart. And I, I was this sort of god of love. Um, so I, I just watched over all of these people and I could, I could blow out air like to different, different people or different groups of people, which would just like inject them with love and give them love in their life. But the whole thing was love. So whenever someone died, that was also love. And the grief the people around that person expressed was just pure love. So everything was love. And I was just there to like keep that in balance, um, the dying and the birth. So I sort of blew some air to give some birth and then people died and I blew some other air. Yeah, you get the picture. Um, so that was the second part of the experience. The first part, which makes more sense in hindsight was that, and this was very, very early in the journey. I was sitting up, I was this leopard, and all of a sudden I found myself in a council. So I was in a space where there were other kings or gods uh, of other sort of um, power animals or, or spirit guides. And I was holding this rose crystal that was my heart. So I basically took it out of my heart held it in my hands. And then I offered it to the council saying that this is my choice. This is my people. This is the people I choose uh, who will uh, survive and live through this shift on this planet to create the new world. Uh, so this monumental shift that we're heading into full force on planet Earth, for humanity at least, uh, won't, you know, it won't be smooth sailing. It will be very painful. Uh, it won't be easy. But I was in this council where different spirit guides basically had a council to decide who would survive. <laughs> so I said, this is my people. People who carry this love inside them uh, are the ones I choose to survive. And then I didn't see the other um, spirit guides. I just sensed their presence in, in this sort of space in front of me. But I also sensed that it's not just that people of, of this sort of bright love are the ones who will be surviving because other spirit guides would choose people that have a more dark energy uh, because that is needed in the internal balance of, um, of existence. But for me that became very profound because it, I really spoke for 
me and my family and my community, but also everybody around the world who shares that kind of, of love, that kind of core uh, that I happen to have. I'm not saying that I will definitely survive this thing, but it was a profound experience to just all of a sudden find myself in, in council as this godlike creature who had a lot of power and making this decision, not actively thinking, just like playing it out, acting it out, like this is my choice. This is my people. This is the ones I choose to survive. So for me personally, that was very, very uh, profound. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely... And definitely forgetting things. And I, I'm not sharing exactly. Well, you know, for, for World of Wisdom, Visby, I had a, a very clear vision of a stage, a big stage that we should build. And also a small stage in the form of a raft in the middle of this limestone quarry, this lake where we're, we're hosting this World of Wisdom uh, gathering. So the, the idea would be to have this raft in the middle form kind of a stage where people could host ceremonies for people standing all around the sides of the lake, looking into the middle of, of the lake. And there were, I had visions of, of flags and, and sort of fire surrounding the entire lake. So uh, yeah, I'll try, I'll try to make that happen. And uh, definitely need a lot of help and, and people who would be willing to do that. So if you're listening and if you want to be part of World Wisdom Vispu, and if you want to make any of that happen or anything else for that matter, feel free to reach out to me or anyone in the World Wisdom community, yeah. All right, I think I think that's it. I think I, I covered most of the things. Definitely not all, um, but then you know it ended in a very. It was all very clear. It felt very friendly. Um, a lot of visions, a lot of energy uh, flowing, a lot of insights, a lot of bodily reactions. I felt just a little bit nauseous. I never threw up. Uh, but the, the ayahuasca Ruta makes really is, is much smoother than a lot of other ayahuasca, uh, it seems. So it was a very nice, also very musical experience. Um, I was definitely getting into music a lot. My, my body felt today feels soft. We've done four days of yoga, so it's kind of sore as well, <laughs> but also very relaxed. I feel very empty inside in kind of a blissful way, very clear. There's just enormous clarity. I know my path ahead. I know exactly what to do next. And I just trust that things will keep evolving as they, as they will. Um, because that's, that's in my experience, what happens when, when you get such a clear path and find a way to listen to source and follow it. Uh, so far the experience is, is beautiful. Things are just presenting themselves as they should. Um, so I'm very grateful for this journey. Uh, the work will continue, probably be back in a couple of months, we'll see sometime next year, maybe to continue this kind of work. And uh, maybe I'll do a field report then as well. But I think that's it for, for my report from um, doing this work, combining this inner work, combining meditation, breath work, conversations, plant medicine and crystals this time from the jungles of Brazil. That's it for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of my experience and thank you for allowing me to be part of your life experience by just listening to this podcast. Feel free to reach out and hopefully you'll hear me again next week. Take care.